Hallisey Stadium's 20th birthday. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. WRU Chairman Gareth Davis pays tribute to the people who made the Millennium Stadium as it was then a reality. It was a fantastic effort back in you know, two years, I think, they took to demolish and build right in the middle of the city, so it's a fantastic achievement. A big boost for the Premiership and some consistency in what it's there for, says WIU Group Chief Executive Martin Phillips. I think we brought that clarity by saying this is about finding the best club in Wales. Everybody starts from a level playing field. While Wales under-20s finished their World Rugby Championships campaign with defeat against England, but some positives for coach Gareth Williams. Generally, ways we had a good crack at it in this World Cup. I've learned a hell of a lot as a coach in my first year in this tournament, and I can't wait for next year's now, to be honest. Much more from the coaching team and several of the players later, but we'll start with the birthday cake at the Principality Stadium this week to celebrate 20 years since the opening game against South Africa. WIU chairman Gareth Davis looks back at what it took to build the stadium and what's made it such a success. The two main elements really, I think, is location, right in the middle of the city, and the atmosphere. And most other stadiums I've been to, and there are fantastic stadiums around the world, Wembley cost eight times as much as uh, our stadium did. It's got f- fantastic facilities, but if you look at the location, if you look perhaps sometimes at the, at the atmosphere, it's not quite the same. So I think our stadium here in Cardiff, Principality Stadium, sort of offers everything, I think, in terms of the atmospherics, if you like, and the location. So it's, it is unique in that respect. debate started really as should, should a new stadium be built in Cardiff or should it move outside Cardiff and I think there were options in Bridgend and really the, you know, to be fair to the Welsh Rugby Union at the time people like Lambo Griffiths Cardiff City Council were, were very very instrumental as well their vision really is a sort of did set up the stadium and we, we look at it now in terms of if you like uh, helping to assist with funding rugby in particular in, in Wales not just at the top level but throughout all levels it's the stadium that's actually providing the revenue to do that because I was sort of non-rugby events as we've seen over the last few weeks with you know take that the Spice Girls pink last week they are contributing to the sustainability of, of rugby so it was a fantastic effort back in you know two years I think they took to demolish and build right in the middle of the city so it's a, a fantastic achievement. The stadium turned 90 degrees, but even then, and the reason for that was because there were such borders, if you like, you got the river on the one side, you got Westgate Street on the other side, and you had adjoining properties like Cardiff Athletic Club, BT Building, for example, and, and indeed other buildings. So this new modern state-of-the-art stadium at the time had to be sort of uh, arranged within those confines. So, so to actually do it, I, I think, is a fantastic example in, in engineering. I think a lot of people showed, I think, probably a, a lot of nerve as well to have gone through it. To support and, and operate a retractable roof is obviously a, a challenge in itself. So there were various options, as I remember, in terms of were there four spires or were there two or whatever. 
and obviously then the spires had impact on neighbouring neighbouring properties. So it, it it certainly wasn't without its challenges, but uh, they got there in the end. I think if it, if it does rain and the weather's not great, I think it should be closed. It's yeah. stupid not to, and I think probably Ireland uh, paid for that in the last <laughs> Six Nations. I think sometimes coaches get too sort of embroiled in uh, in the mind games, if you like. So um, if it's a nice sunny day, I think nothing quite like a match in, in the open air in Cardiff as well. But I think, you know, to my mind, uh, common sense should be Great excitement, although I think there's a degree of nervousness as well because the, the first game against South Africa, I think the, the capacity was only 20-odd thousand. So there was still a hell of a lot of work to do in order f- for the stadium to have its licence to operate. There were quite a few obstacles to overcome. The pitch was an issue for a couple of years, I think, in terms of uh, the technology then with the sliding pallets, which uh, seemed to be, uh, I think, in the first instance, a good idea, but obviously perhaps for rugby didn't quite work because the sort of particular areas such as the scrum, for example, where with the power and the sort of the, the efforts involved in, in scrummaging, those pallets were sort of moving. So, but now, of course, we've uh, developed technology further. You know, a fantastic facility in terms of the surface, and that's you know, Welsh government helped uh, the Welsh Rugby Union with that. And then the the cover for the pitch, which allows us to hold other sort of events, your know, concerts, boxing, etc., etc. Et The stadium has contributed fantastically, I think, to economic output. And the important thing is that it, it's a sustainable contribution. It's 20 years and still going. Whereas very often, if you know, it's great to have other sporting events or other events into Wales, but they tend to be one-off occasions. Now, this is something that's happening every year. It's repetitive, which is great, and is an ongoing contribution. And I, I think we have to be mindful as well moving forward as to whilst the stadium is, is a fantastic facility, it's 20 years old. And there are certain elements that we now have to sort of move on, if you like. We can't just sit back and sort of uh, gloat over 20 years of, of success at the stadium. So we have to move on now with sort of developments in technology, probably aware we're sort of facilitating a, a four-stroke five-star hotel neighbouring the property, so we need that. We just need to ensure that we have the facilities, so we will have to invest in the stadium moving on in order to, to ensure that the experience for the fans, that they when they turn up, that it's, it's comparable and hopefully better than, than any other new stadiums that are being built. I think two rugby matches. I think the Wales-England game back in five, six years ago was 30 points to three. I was, couldn't quite believe what was going on. And I'd say that the Ireland game this year, you know, being sort of uh, chairman of the union and sort of uh, experiencing our, our first Grand Slam four years I've been involved. So in terms of rugby, they were the two main events. And uh, I think the Champions League a couple of years ago was a, a fantastic occasion. It was almost an event, again, on a different level to, to maybe the normal events because of sort of uh, UEFA's influence and the sort of uh, and the monies that they brought to the occasion as well. So, But it's just great, you know, to, to have such a cross-section, a variety of events as we've discovered over the last uh, few weeks and, and, and to be fair to the staff who run the events, I, I came in to the stadium last Friday morning at about quarter past nine, bearing in mind that Pink had been here the night before and it was business as usual, mm. it, was, it was as if nothing had gone on, yes it was on the pitch itself but in terms of the rest of the site it was what's different guys, you know, so that's a great tribute to the sort of systems they have in place I think in terms of, of staging these events. And we'll hear many more memories of the 20 years of the stadium in the next few weeks on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. This week, it was also the venue for some good news for the Premiership. New sponsors in the Indigo Group, continued free-to-air TV coverage on BBC Wales and S4C, fixtures confirmed early, 
and an end-of-season competition against Scottish clubs in April and May. Plenty of good news for WRU Group Chief Executive Martin Phillips. We are working closely with the clubs, so I think the fact that we've built something together is important, shouldn't underestimate that. I think that you know leads us nicely into the season. From a rugby perspective, I think all the ingredients are there that you would want. So we were running our eye down the fixture list and you see, you know, Cardiff, Swansea, Llanelli, Ebu Vale, Aberavon, you know, every fixture, Ponapreeth, looks like the sort of fixtures I guess we all grew up on. So you, you could imagine yourself getting excited about those fixtures. You know, with 12 teams, there probably is a little bit of a concentration of player talent, coaching talent, backroom talent. So you, you would assume as a rugby product it should be good one of the big requests was to have you know more regular fixtures get that home and away rhythm manage to achieve try to put the derbies at the time of year where the clubs wanted them and again to a greater or lesser degree I think we've done that and then on the sort of business side of things we announced Indigo as the new partner which I think is a vote of confidence from them to invest in the competition we're pleased the BBC are carrying on, so obviously the, the sort of free-to-wear aspect of that is good. And then the, the sort of last bit that was just raised is, you know, we'll now go and recruit a commercial person who will work with the Premiership clubs particularly to help them drive revenues locally to make themselves sustainable. So, so I think it's a good package. How important was this league for a sponsor to be found in order to promote the brand, the, the league going forward? Yeah, it was right up there in terms of commercial priority this year, partly because Principality is, A, have been brilliant partners and are such a sort of iconic business in Wales. You know, we were pretty motivated to make sure we got a great partner and we think that that's what we've got. And then Indigo, you know, big business in Wales. So, you know, they're keen to make it work and to connect with their customers here. So there's that sort of pretty aligned around what we're both trying to do. So, yeah, we're, you know, it was an important one to get off the list. And the continuation of the BBC Wales SOC, the TV deal, last year there seemed to be a lot of chatter about the league as a result of regular coverage. Again, how important was that sort of carrying on looking forward? Yeah, I think it's all part of it, really, because, you know, the better the product and the more aligned people see us, if all the stakeholders are excited and joined up about what it is they're just setting out to do, it makes getting TV contracts and sponsorship partnerships easier. We've had a bit of a penny-dropping moment that says, actually, we're all in this together. We need to be positive about our product. We need to be optimistic about where we can take it. And I think that's now starting to feed off you know, into people like BBC. So, yeah, the fact that they're carrying on is, you know, big, big news for us, really. And I guess one of the other big pieces of, of news today, that this proposed cross-border competition towards the end of the season, that, I guess, harks back to the days of the BIC, although at not the same level, but it offers something different for the top six clubs that have finished last season. Yeah, and definitely, you know, when I joined, I walked into the sort of BIC controversy if you want to call it that and I remember meeting some supporters groups who said you know that was huge for us you know that was an away trip as a social event it was a big thing for us and you've taken it away it's taken a couple of years but to bring something back that you know will test players coaches give supporters something to look forward to you know I think it's important for these clubs and we're you know we're pleased that we've delivered it. Where does the Premiership sit in terms of the big picture, the grand scale of Welsh rugby, is it still relevant today? 
It's absolutely relevant and I think the thing we've done today is, is there has been a little bit of confusion about what has it been there to do. Is it to develop players? Is it to find a winner? Why are we ring-fencing it? So I think I've seen and heard a lot of people saying what, what they want is clarity and I think we brought that clarity by saying you know, this is about finding the best club in Wales. Everybody starts from a level playing field in a sense and, you know, and we will know the fixtures are more consistent. There's a whole load of reasons now that says this is a proper shootout between 12 sides. We'll have a winner and then we'll have somebody who will be relegated and, you know, and somebody from the Championship will get their shot in the Premiership. So don't think it's groundbreaking. I think what we're actually doing is what sport's about, where you have leagues and somebody wins them and somebody gets relegated and, you know, and that's why we all go and watch sports. So uh, I think we're just going back to the kind of essence of what, what sport's there to do. And where we are today, is this a result of people listening to each other yeah, without a doubt, and you know, I, I would say that, wouldn't I? But hopefully, and I've had Jonathan from Ebervale and, and Steve from Cardiff there talking. Where it stemmed from in the first place was a really broad input from all sorts of different stakeholders in rugby, and that shaped the direction. Then we had a working group, again, with a good broad group on, on there. Came up with a sort of, I don't know, 85% of what we've launched today and I think the last 15% has come from some really robust discussion you know and some of that's been pretty heated and been challenging but I think you, you know you don't get the best product unless you hang in there and, and thrash those things out and it's to to everybody's credit that they've done that we would have all been saying things like you know we want regular home and away and we've got to have derbies at the right time of the season so so certain things you know weren't up for grabs but other things in terms of you know when does the season start and finish what order do the fixtures go in who goes into the cross-border competition all those have been you know people have compromised really you know for the good of the game and I just think that's a real platform to build on because we can kick on from here now. On this news of a commercial manager, just explain uh, the thinking behind that and in terms of the process of appointing somebody moving forward. Where it comes from originally is that when you're in the WRU you have a whole myriad of different stakeholders you in effect you, you have to fund and there's never enough money. So what you have to be able to do, I think, is to get people to be more self-sufficient in how they grow funds. So we believe now, taking the Premiership specifically, that's a good product now. But rather than 12 clubs trying 12 different ways to grow revenues, by bringing somebody in that works across the 12 and says, right, what does it make sense to do together here to drive value? And what does it make sense to do you know, individually? So getting that person in, and then they've got a good basis now. As we've said, the product is good, it's on TV, should be increasingly well supported. And, you know, if I was up and coming in a commercial role, I'd be thinking I'd like to get my teeth into that and get out into the Welsh market and see if I can drive revenue, which then means the clubs have the kind of um, satisfaction of doing that for themselves. And, and from a WRU point of view, you know, we have the satisfaction of seeing that happen and then we can potentially, you know, move on to other things because, you know, Premiership's one thing. There's many other examples of things like this that, that need more funding and our jobs to try and find that. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. More developments to come, clearly, but now on to Wales under-20s, the end of the World Rugby Championships in Argentina, in which Wales beat New Zealand and the hosts, but ended with defeat to England to come sixth. 21-0 after 20 minutes, 28-0 at half-time, and even a stirring fight back in the second half couldn't make up for that start. Graham Gillespie was out in Argentina with the squad and spoke to a couple of the coaches and several of the players to sum up the event, starting with head coach Gareth Williams. 
Gareth, that's obviously a disappointing way to finish the tournament. Yeah, it's pleased with the second half and the boys showed some character there and we spoke it after and just getting a foothold back in the game. I thought that we did that really well. The story of the game really was giving momentum. The first two tries came from our line bricks and that gave them momentum and made it difficult then but I thought we got that foothold in the second half and I thought we can peg them back but then we you know, let them off the hook then with the charge down try yeah just yeah. taking that score to 35 points and you know, we were always chasing from those points it would have been really interesting if we would have been able to reel them back in but it wasn't to be but you know the general view is we had a good crack at it in this World Cup I've learned a hell of a lot as a coach in my first year in this tournament and I can't wait for next year's now, to be honest. Yeah, I know, I know you won't like me saying it, but you still managed to finish sixth, which is better than the last two or three years, so you must be pretty pleased with that, at least. Uh, there's, a, there's a progression from that point of view, but yeah, it's difficult to hang your hat on that for me personally at this moment. We came here wanting to win games. We had the opportunity today of leaving here with four wins out of five, and uh, we didn't do that. But I also, I've also spoken a hell of a lot about the uh, balance that we view this programme with as coaches and development is a key part and you know some players will move on to professional rugby now and into senior rugby and the challenge is to challenge for places at the, the highest level domestically back home while others will have another opportunity to come back here next year so the lessons we take from this will be key in moving those boys forward and hopefully for me supporting them within the system back in Wales. So obviously a number of boys are leaving the under-20s but a number of these guys are coming back does that give you hope for next season? Yeah definitely it's important now we gather the lessons that we learned from this and you know, we make sure that we can we don't fall back in our progression in, the, in these boys' development. We, you know, we were able to kick them on and be an intervention around that Six Nations period. And you know, it'll all play a part towards improving on our World Cup this year. Uh, and that will be the aim. So overall, how do you look back on the whole tournament? It's been a brilliant experience for me as a coach. My first experience of it. Um, immersed with the boys on a day-to-day basis has been fantastic. The challenges of travelling and spending a, a long period of time in one place has been great. The welcome here in Rosario has been second to none. I've really enjoyed it and um, I'm just you know, hungry for the next one now, to be honest. Forwards coach Richard Kelly. Richard, that was a tough day with the office for the boys. Yeah, I don't think we started that great, probably that first 20. Certainly there were some positives in terms of how much the boys dug in after that. We came back and started to put a bit of pressure on them. Maybe that charge down try probably had a little bit of a... Yeah. We were probably just putting that pressure on and uh, they came back us a little bit. Off. Yeah, 28-0 at half-time. What was the message to the boys? Babs talked to them a lot about being positive about the things that we have done well in this tournament and making sure that we give a good account of ourselves and I think second half the boys really battled and showed the character they have it looked like the impossible was on you scored a couple of good tries but then you gave away a charge down kick and that took the score away again didn't it yeah uh, probably a bit of a moment where we were trying to maybe get him back in in 28-21 and trying to put that pressure back onto them so but that's rugby we managed it we still carried on battling but um weren't good enough on the day overall. Now saying that, you did score four second half tries, a couple of really impressive driving balls and try scorers, so you must be pleased with that even from a forwards perspective. Yeah, I think three driving ball tries yeah. is something we worked a lot on and I really chuffed for the boys in terms of um, 
the unit work that they've done and how hard they've worked for it. To see that get three, three driving lights against England is a real positive. No secret a number of the boys will be leaving, but a number will be coming back. Are you excited of this group, what they can do maybe next year? Yeah, definitely. There's you know there's a lot of talent in this current group. That, uh, some of them are going to step on, but a lot of them, like you said, are going to be around next year. And yeah, it's about making sure that next year we're better again than what we are now. And those boys learn lessons and keep on improving, which they are. Hopefully we'll have a second season next year. Now on to some of the players. First the forwards, Lock Jack Price, and first prop, Nick English. Nick, that was a tough day at the office for the boys, especially up front. Yeah, um, I think the boys stuck in really well towards the end. Managed to get some change out of the driving mall and just kept that um, work. So what do you put that first half down to? Um, not really too sure. Yeah, I think it was just they built off our errors. At 28-0 half time, you're always uh, facing uphill battle. Must be pleasing though that you came back and scored four second half tries. Yeah, it's really pleasing. Um, like I said, the boys stuck in it really well. Uh, we stuck together as a team and come out the other side stronger. Ford Pack did well, driving over, getting a couple of tries as well, so working well as a unit. Yeah, again, we just worked hard for each other to try and get over that line. And how do you personally look back on this tournament? A really good experience and opportunities to get seen all over. Made some new friends from other teams and just built stronger bonds of our own. Jack, that's obviously a disappointing way for the boys to bail out of the tournament. Uh, yeah, that hurt a bit, but you can't fault the boys' efforts, you know. I know first half, we went all there, but then second half, we came out firing, like, and uh, I think if that was there from the start, it'd be much different as well. So what do you put that first half down to? Was it they were just came out of the box at you? Yeah. I think it's little mistakes from us, so like two tries from them came from us nearly scoring and then running 60 metres to score. If we get them 50-50s, it'll be a much different game. Saying that it's 28-0 at half-time, you guys did a huge effort in the second half, scored four tries. Yeah. Must be pleased with that. Yeah, you know, uh, people have been faulting us about our attack and stuff, you know, but Joe to come out like that and score four tries in one half, it's a big improvement. And again, uh, the forwards played their part in that, a couple of tries, driving walls, etc. Yeah, they worked hard, you know, to stick in there, to, uh, to ride the first wave. And now the backs, outside half Kai Evans and first scrum half Harry Morgan. Harry, that's obviously a disappointing way for the boys to finish the tournament. Yeah, obviously disappointing to go out around the tournament, but on the whole, I think it's been a positive tournament for us boys, you know, uh, we've had a couple of scalps, but that's not where we wanted to end it, but, you know, it's happened now, and uh, it's just all, all about moving on to uh, whatever's next for all the boys. At 28-0, it looked really scary, but fair play, the boys came back, scored four second-half tries, so it shows what they're made of. Yeah, no, definitely, you know, against England, they're always going to come out firing, it's just about keeping in the game, keeping to our structures and playing. You know, we weathered that storm in the first half. They got a couple of tries, but it was off our mistakes. So we knew what to do second half. And, you know, the boys came out and showed great character. I think that's what this team's about. So overall, tournament-wise, you've had it pretty tough, being quite ill a lot of the time. How tough has it been for you? Oh, uh, you know, uh, really tough. I got quite ill after the, the first game, so I was in hospital for a bit. The main fact, I think, was losing a lot of weight and struggling with energy. Great to get back on the field but one last time with this group of boys. You know, great group of boys, um, can't fault them. So yeah, just, just great for me to get back on the field, even if it was only for uh, 40 minutes, but I just uh, hope now for the good for all the boys uh, in the future. And what do you think of David Spackland's performances while uh, you were on the sidelines? Yeah, you know, uh, awesome. Uh, Dav's a little <laughs> fiery character. He stepped up into, into that position and uh, being the only nine in the squad, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's great for him. Just shows the character of a guy, you know, he works hard off the pitch, uh, people don't see. No, I'm just wishing all Dav all the best now for whatever's next room. You say he's fiery, but that's in bread and all you scrum halves, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a, a trait you've got to have as a, as a scrum half to be fiery. You know, you probably 
known as the, the smallest on the pitch, but you try and make that up in, in other ways. So a number of these boys will be back next year. Do you think that gives uh, Gareth Williams a good base to work from? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's always good to have uh, returning players coming back. It brings our experience. They've been there, done it, um, returning this year. And I think it's brought on a lot of the boys that haven't played at this level. It gives Babs definitely a, a platform to work from for next year. Kai, obviously not the way that you would have wanted to finish your under-20s career, but you have to give credit to England, I suppose. Of course, they came out firing in the first half, but I felt the boys really dug it deep, galvanised, and gave a real response in the second half. We ended up winning the second half, which was great for us. So it's always going to be tough, 28-0 down at half-time, but like you say, you scored four second-half tries. You've got to be pleased with that. Of course, yeah. There's a real response there. Dug it deep, we knew it was going to be the last half for a lot of the boys in the under-20s yep. jersey, I think. I hope we did. People home proud. So uh, you now, looking forward to going back home, have a rest, and then what? Have a good rest first, regather tomorrow now, and then go back and really dig into that pre-season and hopefully get some minutes into my belt. So those players now embarking on their senior careers full-time. It'll certainly be interesting to follow their progress. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more to report on next week, including some more stadium memories. But until then, goodbye.